0: And just like that, man, just like that, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys again. Tuesday morning, man, if you're just now joining us, Tony O. McKinley, man, right out of Shelby County, mm-hmm. man. He's with us, gracing our platform on today. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? Tony your brother, the trademark question that we ask every guest on every episode,
1: mm-hmm. what would mm-hmm. you
0: like to vent about today on Black Men Vent 2?
1: um i say the struggles and hardship that come with one owning your own business mm-hmm. two being in finance and three the process it takes to actually get there mm-hmm. um i can say one thing that i feel like we as black people really should do more of is one say i'm proud of you um that's something that we mm-hmm. don't do enough of um mm-hmm. my father only told me he was proud of me probably twice the whole time i was in college um the day I graduated, than one other time. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big piece. And then also us being able to support each other. So if a person has a business venture, make sure you go like, share, buy, purchase, invest, everything that you need to do. Because what I went through, I don't want any other person that looks like me to go through. So um, just to give you all some background, started my corporate career at Macy's Incorporated, corporate office in New York. Um, while working there, essentially, I'll tell you all what my salary was. It was $72,000 a year. Um my very first sign on bonus. I essentially started trading it and shout out to my boy Jonathan Chaffer. He actually introduced me to options ironically. Um, um Wow. Um and I turned my first sign on bonus from essentially three to five thousand and then from five thousand to twenty. Um went from there. My manager started seeing how much money I was making, so they decided they wanted to give me their money. I recommended them not actually give me their salary that they needed to live off of and to give me, essentially, their sign-on bonus. Well, not their sign-on bonus, but their performance bonus. Um, my manager ended up giving me her $3,000. I turned her $3,000 into six. dollars um, Anything that was made outside of that additional $3,000, I essentially kept for myself. Um, she paid me a slight management fee, if that's what you want to call it, Um, and then it led, it was essentially domino affected from there. Um, my managers, their managers, their family members, my team members, their family members, and then my family members all caught on to what I was doing. They all asked me to start doing it. I essentially, um, quadrupled the account, took it to 210,000, was doing that for a significant period of time. And then ended up losing 97% of that account. Mm. But, you know, as a black man trying to build a business, I'll be honest with you, this is just my perception of myself. I care more about my business than I do about myself at times because it's my brainchild. So mm. essentially I forewent my salary for literally a full year's time span and my parents had to help me coast. Um, mm. ate oatmeal three times a day. Mm for literally a month period. Um, Anytime I ate anything different, it was because my friends, my family members would essentially send me a couple of dollars to go get Chick-fil-A, go get McDonald's, things like that. My lights got cut off, my car got repoed. Certain times I woke up and didn't even want to be awake, didn't know why I was awake, Um, cried to myself. When my lights got cut off, it was in the middle of the summertime in Dallas, Texas, where you know it's one of the hottest cities in the United States. taking yes. showers in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, I lost my faith for a little bit. I'll be honest about that. I, mm-hmm. I honestly was wondering why God punished me enough, me being the person that I always did for other people. But, you know, you're never supposed to do things for people with the idea of getting anything in return because you want to be a good steward of the Lord. But right. um, really just finding yourself when you fall and knowing that God going to always lead you the right way. That's been like a yes. big thing for me. So now my approach to life, my approach to dealing with other people, I'm always very, very cognizant because something my dad tells me every day, everyone wants to be with the winner. People always want to be with you when things are going well, but no one ever Mm -hmm. understood where it took and no one ever wanted to support you when you were in the early stages. So Mm -hmm. I think I want to vent about us as black people being able to support each other more. That's like the biggest thing because I feel like we don't do enough of that.
2: I think that's. I think you own it, some man. I think when you said us supporting black business, man, us being a small business where we are right now, I know what you, we know what you're talking about, man. And that's what makes mm-hmm. it sometimes such a such an endeavor to try to even start a black business, man, because you're trying to figure out where's my support gonna come from when I have mm-hmm. those down moments. Who am mm-hmm. I gonna be able to fall on, man? And there's a lot of time we started thinking about people, and it's not nobody in our family. If anything, it's like like friends and co-workers sometimes, stuff like that. And then you don't mm-hmm. want to really trust them with your business idea because you might mm-hmm. they, they might steal it from you. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough, man, to get a to start a business, like you said, without having that that strong foundational support. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's the reason people don't get started and stuff, man. That is so mm-hmm. true. Best to starting small, you know what I'm saying? Starting
1: mm-hmm. small. So a large part of our culture has a crabs and a bucket mentality. Everybody wants to be the top dog, but nobody wants to work together to be able to build yeah. their own kingdom together. You um, so right.
2: He's so right, man.
1: And, yes, like a big flaw is people stealing ideas. Um, people will not support your business and they go and start a business very similar to what you did or, like, implement oh, the ideas that you already man. had. Man. But at the end of the day, if you were the person that the idea originally came from, there is always only one you. So if the person that you wanted to support you is not the person that is supposed to, then they just weren't your target audience. I'll be honest with you about that. Um, But I can say, like, in my experience, the people that you expect to support you the most are the people that support you the least amount or not at all. And there's always going to be a person that you don't know or a person that doesn't look like you that supports you. And this is no shame on individuals that look like me. When I was in my situation where I was struggling and felt like I was thrown in water with no life jacket, the only people that did help me were three of my close friends, my dad, my mom, my brothers that didn't even have jobs, and my grandma. And everybody else that helped me did not look like me. We, mm-hmm. we as a society we, telling you we that. race racism is a very prominent thing still it's not gone by any means mm-hmm. but something that I want us as a generational well us as a society us as an ethnicity to do is stop thinking everything is about color because it's not mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if anything I feel like people that don't look like us whether they're Asian, Caucasian um, Hispanic They're willing to support everything it is that we're willing to do. They just need to see the initiative. So, for instance, when I go home and I'm in Memphis, I try not to go to Memphis very often, to be quite honest, but there's a lot of negative energy. I would rather stay in Texas. I had Christmas in Texas this year, this past year, instead of going home. Um, You go to the bank and you try to get a loan as a black person. You'll get denied, but the first thing that you're going to think is they didn't give it to me because I was African-American. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. It took some time for me to understand that, and for me to be around other black people that are in higher positions than I am that I want to be in and for people that don't look like us. Mm -hmm. It's because we go in unprepared because we don't know how to prepare a business plan. We don't know what documents we need to have in place. We just go in there with an idea and maybe an EIN number and think that that's okay. No, that's not everything that we need. We need people to be able to teach us. Mm -hmm. But see, we don't seek out that information and it's always us arguing with each other like I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. We can support mm-hmm. each other while also teaching each other. We have to be willing to do that.
2: Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I think what you said also, see, I think we got to get this too. If you're trying to help me, mm-hmm. then I shouldn't think that you belittling me because you're mm-hmm. helping me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And sometimes mm-hmm. we get that pride thing, man. And we're like, man, I know you this and you that. And you—it sounds like you're talking down to me. No, man, you trying to help me, man. And I mm-hmm. gotta humble myself and take this information and try to work it. But a lot of mm-hmm. times we get, like you said, crabs in the barrel We get mad because you got it and I don't. But we didn't mm-hmm. see all the time what you just said when you cried, when you took showers and dark. We didn't see all that. All we mm-hmm. saw was you was when you had blow when you blew up. I saw mm-hmm. that. That's what mm-hmm. I wanted. And it looked like mm-hmm. you taking me too long to get there. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I think the thing too, Tony, or oh man, that we seeing with your story, bro, is that you know you human just like anybody else, mm. man. Uh, mm-hmm. you, like the old saying says, you put you put your your legs and your pants just like just like me and my dad do, bro. But
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: the thing that is is beautiful is you have a heart of servitude. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. you really do want to mm-hmm. help the next, not even just the next black person. Like mm-hmm. you really want to just help anybody that is willing to receive it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that brings me to my point. I've I've been for the past like month or two been really, really driving emotional discipline. And I think emotional discipline is important in your finances because we've mm-hmm. heard of that term impulse buying. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. get that bad when I go past Chick-fil-A. I, I go past Chick-fil-A on a Sunday knowing that they ain't mm-hmm. serving no dang chicken.
1: You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So
0: it's one of those things on a serious note, man. Well, how, what is your advice in terms of regulating your emotional intelligence with your checking and your savings account. How important is that to make sure that you're not impulse buying on things that you need or don't need, or you're not allowing social media to tell Mm -hmm. you that you need the next item or the next pair of Jordans or the next car. What, what, Mm -hmm. where does your emotional intelligence have to be at, at the level that you're at financially? I'll
1: be honest with you, me trading, and me sports betting really created a sense of emotional intelligence because it's more so, it's 95% psychology and 5% knowing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when it comes to that, I think me being around people with money and actually putting myself in those rooms really changed my thought process because they don't look at money as money. They look at it as time. So for instance, if you work a job and you work 40 hours a week, right? And you get paid bi-weekly, but you get paid $2,000 every paycheck. That means 40 hours of your time is $1,000. So if you went and bought something that cost $500, then you just spent 20 hours of your work week on that literally spur of the moment decision, right? So what I've started doing Mm -hmm. for myself is, if it's a big purchase, if I have the money, I'm going to literally give myself a deadline. Okay, I give myself 30 days. For instance, my car just bought. give myself 30 days to make enough money to go and buy this car outright. I'm not going to use the money I already have, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side of that, if it comes down to purchasing something, okay, if I go and buy a new iPhone, the new iPhones typically like cost what? I don't even know. So if you're going to spend $1,000, okay. If I go and buy this, How long is it going to take me to make the money back? I have to literally make the money back either that day or within that week in order for me to go and buy something. So I have to literally tell myself, this is how much time it's going to cost me to buy this. Mm -hmm. This is how much time I need to have to make sure I make this back. So literally Mm -hmm. before I go and buy anything, it's one of those two thought processes that go into my head. Right, Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I stopped mm-hmm. looking at things in regards to dollar value because you'll get lived behind in life. That's the reason why most investors are willing to give you a certain amount of money because they know they can go and make it back doing this, 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 and this. Um mm-hmm. when it comes to that's the same thing that applies to you owning a business, right? Mm-hmm. Most of black culture, like the wealth that comes from black culture is entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of those people have tapped into was realizing Understand the numbers and understanding time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how much time do i have to put into to be able to make enough money to go and do this so for mm-hmm. instance lebron james all of his stuff is time oriented and his image how mm-hmm. much time do i have to go and put into doing this sprite commercial for them to pay me this that's mm-hmm. how he negotiates all of his 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 uh earnings So, mm-hmm. it's really time how much time are you spending
2: yeah man and that, and, and that, that's yeah, that's a great way to look at it, man. I never—that's really the first time I ever really heard that concept yeah. or that thought yeah. process, man. Yeah. And you—you you got me, got my wheels turning, man. Because even yeah. in—because even at my age, I'm still thinking about what you said, leaving a legacy, leaving something for somebody mm-hmm. else to, you know, because that's another thing that we—that that we didn't do as a culture, man. until just seems like recently, but it wasn't a thing when I was growing up. Is look for look at trying to help the next the next generation it was always mm-hmm. like make your money spend your money leo just leave mm-hmm. you know it wasn't mm-hmm. like trying to invest for the future or none of that stuff man and i really didn't come into that mindset till i got you know start working at my job that i work now i've been there for 23 years but that's what helped me get the mindset is to, to start investing in the future. And the only mm-hmm. reason I did that, man, it's just by the grace of God, you know, because they offered it. You know what I'm saying? They offered the 457 plan. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be here, I might want well to jump in there. And I'm glad I did. The only drawback mm-hmm. is I wish I hadn't been afraid to put more into it at a young age. That's mm-hmm. what I wish I had did. I wish I had to mm-hmm. put more into it. Now, granted, you get a little return coming. But I start thinking, like, man, if I don't just stop doing this and put that money into that, then look what mm-hmm. I would have right now, because like you said, you got investors that, you know, playing with it all the time, and it, it, mm-hmm. it and of course, it went down last couple of years, but I know how that thing goes. It's going to pick back up. I well, know he, it's going to pick back up. He spoke on it, too, though, mm-hmm. talking about the
0: risk. You know, yeah. like, probably at your yeah. age, around that time, you was afraid to take the risk. I really was, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to raise a family and all this type of stuff, man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, Antonio, man, I, I did want to ask you this, man, as we uh get ready to wrap up in the next five or seven minutes, bro, but which you naturally, I, I would just I would say, assuming that you are the breadwinner of your family, how much and I think we've asked that kind of kinda of a little bit in minutes before, but I really, really want to get into you, Tonyo, just to ask, man, how much pressure is there? Cause we're talking about a black brother from Memphis, mm-hmm. right? Born and raised, man, kinda of in that area. You had to go to the suburbs for a little bit, went back to the boys and girls club and throughout the summer. So you always had that that taste of of, of 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 shelby county always in you man so for you mm-hmm. naturally be the breadwinner bro do you get certain family members man that may give you a certain type of eye or a certain type of look if you don't give them ten dollars here or thirty dollars there or or do they you know some black folks man we like to keep track records of the wrong things you know what i mean <laughs> so i just i just want to know man what what pressure is that involved bro just naturally now you're at that stage where you pretty much if if somebody need a dollar, they're going to look to Tony over before they look to anybody else. So how much pressure is that? And how have you been able to kind of balance that out as well? Uh-oh. Um, so
1: <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh, bro, because I'm uh-huh. thinking about my thought process now. But mm-hmm. um, it is a lot of pressure, bro, because I'll be honest with you. Like, I come from, yeah, two different demographics. On mm-hmm. my maternal side and my paternal side, mm-hmm. right? On my paternal side, everybody is in their own, they stay in their own business. They're not worried about none of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then on my maternal side, everybody is nosy, everybody's in everybody's business. They know everything <laughs> that's going on, right? <laughs> and so, with that being said, it's like my mom has a help everyone mentality right which i think that's where part of like that part easy. of me comes from right yeah, yeah. and literally she'll find out an idea it could be something that could make her insanely wealthy and she would she's gonna go and tell her siblings and everybody else that is going on but not actually like jump on herself first in order to teach herself so mm-hmm. with that being said it's like i started getting phone calls from family members i don't talk to Family members that have not, I have not seen or I have not, like, I don't, since I have been an adult, I don't talk to them. Um, and it's like, I have family members that's 40, 50 years old that's calling, and asking me for advice. Mm. I just turned 25. Why are you asking me for advice? I should be asking you for life advice, not you asking me, right? right? But at the end of the day, we have to pour back into our people. So it does get kind of hard because you have to have a clear, divide into what you're willing to do because at the end of the day something that we as people have a bad problem with is we feel like everybody's obligated to do something for us but they aren't right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in those moments in which a person is like at their lowest point and you're not there to help and they call out to you for help but you're not like you don't help why do you expect them to be willing to even give you advice to help you to do any of these things when they're in a better situation? And so then you have that sense, they have that sense of obligation where it's like you have to slowly start to like distance yourself from the people that you once thought were for you because they aren't, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it creates an insane amount of pressure that started when the first, when I first went to college, when I first graduated from college, it's not even a breadwinner thing, it's just like the golden. Family member, the person that went to school. The person that's connected to everybody. The person that did everything that everyone wants to do. And no I'm not sure like if your pops can attest to this, but when most people have children, their life kind of like ends and it's more so now I gotta provide, I have to work, right? And Mm so it's like in most cases, from what I've seen, most parents, they try to live out the dreams that they have for themselves through their kids, so then it creates an insane amount of pressure. This is worse than, like, mm-hmm. just family members calling you, right? So and sure. so you have that pressure, and then you add on whether or not you the older sibling, mm-hmm. um, the first child, mm-hmm. the first grandchild, the first mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. plus everyone calling you, mm-hmm. that'll drive a person crazy, right? and so now you have to really sit down and like okay how do i remove myself from that to the point where i'm just a regular family member i don't Mm -hmm. when you go around them you don't want to talk about business you want to don't want to talk about everything that you have going on that could benefit them because then everyone wants you to give them money to be their investor then everyone wants this and everybody wants that it's no longer about love and nurturing it's all about money and Mm -mm. getting ahead right yeah so i say that's an insane amount of pressure, bro. It's just yeah. you figuring out how to operate that dynamic. Mm-hmm. For, sure.
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. Man, when you was uh, with that pressure, but before before we got into that piece, I want to go back to the piece where you said when your life was out and mm-hmm. your car had got repossessed and you was taking showers in the dark. Mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. a dark place in your life, man. How dog did it really get, it, if you don't mind being transparent about that? How dog did it really get? Did it get to the point, and if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to, but did it get to the point where you thought about, okay, forget it? I can't do it no more. I'm just going to check out.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, but there's a but with that. Um, mm-hmm. I've always wondered why a person would do that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so like it's always been a big mission of mine to, if another person tried to do that be there for them right but if it was in a situation where i had to do it you stronger than what you want to do to yourself so it did there were several times so i live on the top floor of my apartment right mm-hmm. and there were times where i would literally just stand there for literally like an hour just looking over and like i could really just go on ahead and end it all right here but then i started thinking about like my life is not just for me and it's not just about me. I have parents that's going to yes. miss me. I have siblings that really look up to me that wow. it's time for we have a conversation. And I'm like, I didn't realize I actually pay attention to as much of what I'm doing as y'all do. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took like probably like a month or two after I got out of that situation for me to really have a conversation with my pops about a day where I sat down and this is me being transparent on y'all show. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the magazine out of my gun. I took the bullets out of it and I literally turned it and just stared down the barrel of it for like 30 minutes. And I was like, bro, like I could really just do this and I won't have to deal with none of this. I won't have to be stressing about how I'm about to eat. I won't be stressing about being a burden to anybody else, asking them for help. I won't worry about a person literally yelling at me and cussing me out because I asked them, could like they loan me some money and I was going to pay it back by this time, but then I couldn't. Um, Man, that was a super dark place. That was probably the darkest it had ever been. Um, days where I literally didn't eat. I lost 21 pounds throughout that process. Really?
2: Wow. Wow, man. Mm-hmm. Go back. Uh, 21, what'd you say, 121? No, you lost. It. Oh, you lost. I lost 21 pounds. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man, and, and that happens when you're stressing, man. Yeah, yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of, we kind of went through some, some, stressful stuff man last year this time and yeah it will cause you to be stressed out man and, and and i heard you say this too and you know you're human like my son said it will cause you to forget about your fate for a minute mm-hmm. because your situation is so dire that sometimes mm-hmm. you can't you, you know I, I i've been in these places i've been mm-hmm. in places man it sounded like he was there too where you can't even pray for yourself man and i never mm-hmm. thought i'd get to that place but I've been there, man, and it, it don't feel good to not even have words to speak to God, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you just be so down and so broken, man. You know what I'm saying? But I thank God for how faithful he is, man, because he continues to give you that hope, man. And your hope, I just heard you said, I got a mama, I got a daddy, I got a brother, I got to live for, man. So I just can't, I just can't do that. But that was always your hope. That's what mm-hmm. God was still giving you that hope, man. That little glimmer. I, I see, a, I see, people can't see this, but I see a glimmer of light right behind you. And mm-hmm. that's what He was doing for you, man. He was always mm-hmm. giving you that right. glimmer of hope, man. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, Destiny, you said this earlier. Destiny is so important for us to support one another,
1: mm-hmm. man. Man. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll give you all three points, right? So last night, I got to listen to Michael Todd preach in person. He actually came mm-hmm. to my church down here in Dallas. Okay. And the biggest piece that I took from his message is having faith, right? Mm-hmm. And so his thing was without faith, there is nothing else, right? So mm-hmm. God will give you a test mm-hmm. that he wants you to essentially at least attempt to pass because to him, you always pass because you try it and you believe, right? Mm-hmm. And then he'll bless you. That first blessing is not the promise, it's the practice. He just wanted to see if you were going to believe, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, it really made me sit down and take the time to like go back to that situation I was in. Mm-hmm. I think I borrowed like $1,200 from somebody. And this is actually what taught me how to sports bet. During that time, I started sports betting. Mm-hmm. I would lose some here, win some here. I had enough to pay the people back, had enough for me to be able to eat, like pay myself, like at least go and buy myself some groceries for a little bit, right? Right. right now, right. obviously, those people didn't know this necessarily what I was doing at the time, but they had enough faith in me to let me borrow it. Mm-hmm. March Madness came around. I turned for the money I had left over. I had like two hundred and fifty dollars. I lost it all into eighty dollars. Turned the 80 into 21,000. They had enough to essentially pay off a couple of investors and mm-hmm. eat for a couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. And so once all the money was gone, I spent it to pay it off those investors. Um, it was essentially like I was back to square one again. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I was able to get my car back because my dad paid for it. Mm-hmm. They put it out for repo again. Mm-hmm. So I started hiding it on, like, on all the garages around my apartment. <laughs> no, that's that, 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 that hood training right That's <laughs> That hood training. And so it got to the point where I met a pastor and his wife. They were my neighbors. Never even knew they existed. Actually right. met them in this spot that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. But they fed me a couple times. And... It got to the point where I started telling the husband that, bro, I haven't even paid my rent in like two months. I have no idea how they have not evicted me, right? And so it got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to do something to boost my confidence because the reason why I'm in this situation still is because I lost all confidence. Confidence and faith are the biggest things to keep you going, right? Mm -hmm. It'll open up so many doors. And so in that situation, I essentially – Decided, okay, I'm borrow some money, and I'm gonna do something that I know I can do better than everybody else. Trade. It. The day that they came and put the eviction notice on my door for the amount of money that I was behind, I made five hundred and eighteen thousand dollars off of a trade. Paid off my car. Paid off my rent for an entire year. Paid my parents some money. tithes <laughs> 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 and look at that. Look at that. It was crazy because it wasn't just that one trade. I was like, okay, I at least want to at least make at least fifty thousand dollars. Mm. That's enough to get me all the way out of this situation. Yeah. Called the repo company once I made the first nineteen thousand and asked them, okay, so can I pay the pass through payments on the car? They was like, no, it's been passed due for too long. You either gotta pay the whole amount you owe or, like, surrender the car, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So yeah. I paid off the entire car. They weren't expecting that. And the day that yeah. I did it, I saw the repo truck outside as I was leaving to go and pay it. So when I made <laughs> all of the money,
2: wow, wow.
1: I was like, you know what? I'll never finance anything else ever again for the simple fact I don't like when I feel like somebody else owns something that I cherish so dearly. Yeah. So yep. even when it comes to being in a situation with friends and family, if I'm going to give somebody something, mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel like I have emotional control over them. So I'm going to give it to you out of the this, the, out of the kindness of my heart mm-hmm. and because God told me to. So yes. that dark place opened up a part of my heart that I didn't even know was there because I really hated people that entire time. I did not mm-hmm. like anybody. I didn't think anyone was for me. So yeah. that's the biggest takeaway from that.
2: Man, that's a great, that's a great story, man. Really just a great, bringing us to a close on this second half, man. (laughs) Hey, man, that was incredible, man. That's an incredible story. And
0: I hope our audience appreciated that as much as we did. Mm Need I remind y'all? He is a good brother of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity, <laughs> Incorporated.
1: Yo, the to the good so news.
0: Nice, <laughs> you can say it twice. So I just got, I just got to feel that in. But Tony, oh man, you have a truly, truly inspirational oh, story, bro. Yeah. Um, from from man, little brother to big brother, man. Wow, like that. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to have. Everything, man, that, that you just said on our platform, bro, for years to come, man. Yeah. Thank you, bro, for grace thank on our you platform, it, man. man. Yeah, thank I you appreciate
2: that, man. y'all for having me. Yeah, man, and I, I really appreciate do. one piece, man. I want to make sure we don't leave this out. Everything that I heard you say, I truly believe it was God-led. Mm. It was God-led because God gave us this platform. God gave you what he's given you and giving you the elevation in your life. And he brought mm-hmm. us together, man. So it's, a, it's, a, it's all a God
0: thing, man. It's all a God yes, thing. Sir. Man, as we get ready to wrap up, bro, last thing we want to give you, man, uh, about two to three minutes. We we always let our guests do this, man. There's somebody, bro, that heard your whole story about you, man, having to go through the trenches, man, of eating that oatmeal, man, and and naturally taking cold showers and whatnot. They still thinking about crashing out, bro. It's somebody that's still on the edge of their bridge that you're talking about, man, That that, that that's like, man, no, Antonio, oh, yeah, that sounds nice, but I'm still thinking about crashing out, man. I want to give up. I can't do it. hmm Based off of your story, man, what can you tell that person that's listening to your story, haven't heard your story, but still thinking, man, that they just have no
1: hope? One, maintain your faith and know that you're not there by yourself because at the end of the day, whatever decision got you to the point that the situation that you're in, God knew you were going to make that decision before you did. So at the end of the day, he already has an exit for you to be able to essentially release yourself from the pain (laughs) um, and to what he has for you and your purpose and as something my dad always tells me, you have to go through it to get to it so I always know there's always going to be another speed bump, you just have to cross it and every time, even if you go through the same thing five times, there was a different lesson to be learned in. and you always going to come out of that situation ten times better because you're going to know how to handle it you're going to really start thinking about, okay I did this the first time, how did I do this? How do I do this the second time in a different way and I always include the people that care about you. Now Family is who you choose most times, but you always have somebody that's looking out for you. Family could be somebody that you literally just met the other day, so rely on your community, rely on your support system. Um, if you're drowning, I guarantee you at least one of them will jump under the water, put your legs on their shoulders so you can at least breathe a little bit. Just, you have to be willing to ask. The worst person can tell you is no. Um, but there's always going to be somebody that's willing to help, so maintain that belief in yourself. And
0: love God always. I love it. Tony. Tony Yo, man. Yeah. Hey man. man, It's a bad dude, man. Again, man. We are super, super excited, man. Glad to have my boy from Dallas, Texas, man. He has graced our platform, man. From Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to Mm -hmm. all my Sheba County folks, man, gracing our audience today. It's been another good episode, yes, sir. Hey Tony, yo, man, we ain't gonna hold you no longer, man. But I tell you what, you have
2: really blessed us, man. And not only did you bless us, man. But you've blessed me on an individual basis because I, I've got to rethink some things now just mm-hmm. by hearing this, you know, just by going through this uh, uh, process tonight, man. I messed it this morning, but just mm-hmm. by hearing all the information that you shared, man, I hope somebody heard it. And I hope if you need to hear it again, you, mm-hmm. go listen to it again, uh, Black Man Vent 2 audience. Go listen to it again
0: because I am. So go listen mm-hmm. to it again. <laughs> Hey man, another good episode, Tonio. Oh, thank you again, brother. Yes, it sir. is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can, and you can't with what
1: you can't.
2: Nashville. Until next week is a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped.